Yeah, I'm really excited about that the Vineyard Active Day. And because uh, we're going back to the same place, I think we should call it like Dell Fields 2. This time it's personal. <laughs> or more personal. Or something like that. Anyway, uh, you join us uh, in the middle of a, a series we're doing uh, called The Spirit. And just to give you a, a little bit of backstory before we get into where we're going today. Um, as Christians, uh, the Bible tells us that when we give our lives to Jesus, when we decide I'm going to follow Jesus and what he wants uh, over what I want and, and what I think, when we do that, uh, we're told that we are given God's Holy Spirit, God's Spirit. That is that each um, follower of Jesus has the very presence uh, of God with them as they go uh, in and out of their lives doing whatever they do. And we've been looking at um, loads of different aspects of of the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives for the last um, seven weeks, I think. This is the eighth week we're doing it. We're going to do a few more yet. We've looked at a whole bunch of things. We've looked at the fact that um, the Holy Spirit, it it is with us, that actually uh, He, the Spirit, um, comes to live in us so, and literally wherever we go whether we're at work whether we're in the shower whether we're in a crisis moment whether we're, we're in a really happy easy life moment um, God's presence is with us that God is accessible at, at any moment we've looked at the fact that um, the Holy Spirit encourages us and begins to tell us that we are loved by God and we begin to really not just know that in our head somewhere but actually experience it you know, many people, when they first become Christians, they, they say, I had this really weird feeling during worship, like I'm being held. They have a heat around them, sort of thing, and things like that. It's just stuff the Holy Spirit begins to do. Um, the Bible also talks about um, him being the spirit of, a, of adoption. That actually, as we continue being Christians and we, we get deeper and deeper into this thing, we begin to really feel like we have this Father in heaven who cares for us, who loves us. So you can get the podcast, you can, you can have a look at the previous seven weeks um, at your leisure uh, but this week we're going to carry on and we're going to look at the area of um, truth. That actually part of what the Holy Spirit wants to do in our lives is, is reveal truth to us. But I'm going to pray and then we'll get into it. So let's pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you don't hide from us. That, Lord, you're not playing games with us. That actually um, you long to be found. You long to be understood, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, that you promised us your Holy Spirit, and you promised that your Holy Spirit would lead us into truth. So, Father, just as as we spend a while looking at this whole subject, would you just um, help us get it, Lord? Help us begin to grasp some of the stuff you want to do, Lord God. Amen. Amen. I'm going to start by reading a a scripture from from John, uh, and it's found in John 14. If you've got your Bible, you're more than welcome to to turn there. Uh, It's verse 15 to 17. It will be up on the screen, so don't worry about it. It says this. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples. And this is shortly before Jesus was arrested and tried and tortured and killed and and rose again and and went off. Okay, so this this is a moment where there's a lot of tension for the disciples. The disciples have, everything's been going really, really well. Jesus is amazingly popular. But Jesus knows that there's some heavy stuff coming down the track. And he begins to tell the disciples how they're going to do life when he's not around. And they're a bit confused. But he says this. He says, if you love me, obey my commandments. And I'll ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate, or counselor you might have in your version, who will never leave you. 
He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. He lives with you now and later will be in you. So part of the the, the Spirit's work is to lead us into truth. It's to begin to help us understand what God has done and what he wants to do in us. And Jesus begins to talk about this, and, and the whole of John, they call it the, uh, this section, scholars call the high priestly prayer of Jesus. It, it goes on for a few chapters. It's Jesus just talking and telling them um, what he promises to do and, and how they're going to operate um, after the cross. Loads of stuff, and I'd recommend you just read it if you're interested. It's, it's some fantastic writing in there. But he says a, a couple of specific things here. Uh, one thing I, I want to look at just quickly. He says a kind of a thing that, if you're not careful, you, you can miss. He says uh, in verse 17, he says, um, but you know him. He said the world won't be able to recognize him. It's not looking for him. He says, but, talking to the disciples, but you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. Now, Jesus is doing a funny thing here. Now, I wonder if the disciples were a little bit like, I don't know what he's talking about, but it's Jesus. Let's go with it. And... Uh, um, but in, in this moment, Jesus is saying, look, I'm, I'm going. I'm going away. But the Father, when I go, he's going to give you the Spirit. And he's going to lead you into truth. And, and other people might not understand what's going on, but you're going to understand. And the reason you're going to understand is because you already know him. He's with you now. But later on, he'll be in you. It's a weird thing Jesus is saying here. But as you look at it, you have to come to the conclusion, well, the only person with them was Jesus at that moment. So Jesus is saying, look, I'm with you now. That actually this Holy Spirit that you're going to have isn't some strange new addition to your life that you don't understand and it's just a weird mist or something, like that, the cloud monster in Lost or anything like that. You know, that actually you already know him because you know me. He's with you now. But then Jesus says, but later he will be in you. So he's saying, what's happening is there's not this amazingly different person you're going to meet. But actually, just the way you're going to interact with God is going to change. The way you experience the presence of God is going to change. Because previously, uh, before the Holy Spirit, they walked around with Jesus. And Jesus was a guy, a dude. And uh, they'd walk around, they'd go into towns, and sometimes they'd lose Jesus. Where's Jesus? You had him. I had him. Who had him? Who had him last? And uh, he was stuck in one place. But as Jesus looks beyond the cross, he wants them to know that things are changing. That actually, although he's with them now, there's going to come a time where he will be in them. Actually, something's going to shift. Something's going to change. And he says that there are a couple of things that the Holy Spirit wants to do. He says he's going to lead us into all truth. Lead us into all truth. So we're going to spend a while asking uh, what, what truth? What is it? And how? How, how, how does he do that? Because if it's true, if God's there and wants to tell me what's true, then I want to know, so I don't, I don't want to miss it. I want to, don't want to miss how I, I get that stuff. And I just want you to know, this isn't a new thing that the Holy Spirit does and, and no one else, Jesus hasn't done before. You see, all the way through the Old Testament is a story of 
God trying to reveal what is true to people. All the way, if you know anything of the story of Israel, the people of Israel, um, God continually speaks to them and, and tells them that they may be worshipping false idols. That that's not true, that's not real. That he tells them, I'm the one God and I love you. And, and it, begins to, it gives them commandments, the ten commandments. I don't know what your view of them are, but they're, they're essentially a guide to what is true. That God, um, he pulls the Israelites out of Egypt, rescues them. And there's, there's like a lot of them. There's like a million, two million of them. It's a massive, I don't know what your picture is, but they're massive, massive people, massive nation. And God sits them down by a mountain and says, look, now, uh, now I've rescued you. Now, now you know I love you. Let me tell you what's true. There's one God and you need to just worship him because he's the only one. There's no need to make idols and images of God because God is bigger than any little thing you can make. And you know what? In your life, if you want to live well, don't lie because that won't help your relationships. Don't commit adultery. Don't steal. He begins to tell them what, where they find true life. So in the, in the Old Testament, God is always about revealing truth to us. As you move into the New Testament, you read the Gospels, you see Jesus traveling around. And constantly having friction with different um, religious groups of the day. Because Jesus is coming and he's saying what they're saying isn't true. That actually real life is found like this. That you don't need to observe this and do that. But, but that your father loves you. So the father did it in the Old Testament. If you want. God did it. And, and in Jesus, God did it. And now, after the cross, in Jesus, the Holy Spirit continues God's work of, of trying to show you and me. What's true? What's worth our time? What's real? What's, what's really going to work in our lives? So we're going to spend a, a while asking some questions about what truth he leads us into. And we're going to read another little section from John, just a little bit further on, uh, and kind of use this as our template of trying to um, work out what, how God works, really. So this is in uh, chapter 16. And it's uh, verse 5. Actually, yeah, that's right. But now I'm going away to the one who sent me. And not one of you is asking where I'm going. Instead, you grieve because of what I've told you. In fact, it is best for you that I go away. Because if I don't, the advocate won't come. The counsellor, the comforter won't come. But if I do go away, then I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world because of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. The world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. Righteousness is available because I go to the Father and you will see me no more. Judgment will come because the ruler of this world has already been judged. There is so much more that I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but he will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring glory, he will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I've said the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. Now, a couple of things before we get into this. Uh, do, you, do you ever read um, a bit of the Bible and just goes, that's wrong? Yeah, it's just, is this just me? Am I just big-headed? But sometimes you, you read a bit, of, a bit of the Bible and you just go, wrong. <laughs> just like, seriously, bad day, whoever was writing that one. That's just so off the chart. And, and 
if you begin to read this, this bit from John, part of me when I first read it, and this is quite a long time ago now, I've changed my view on it now, but I was a bit like, that's wrong. It's, it's this bit here. In fact, it is best for you that I go away. Jesus is saying to disciples, I'm with you now. I, 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 you know I'm God. You know I'm the, the son of God. You know I can give you life and do miracles and do amazing stuff. And then he says to them, look, but it's best for you that I am not with you. That I don't stay here. Now, when I first read that, I was like, really? Because I don't know about you, sometimes life would be easier if Jesus was in my kitchen. If Jesus was in my car. Sometimes it wouldn't be good for Jesus to be in my car. He'd be like, seriously, where'd that language come from? Um, all right. But I don't know about you, it, I sometimes talk to people about God and they say, look, I would believe in God if, if Jesus would just come right here, right now, come and be with me. If he just showed up, you got me. Where do I sign up? I, I, I'd do it. Do you ever hear this? Do you ever people say that? You know, God would just show up. If God was just right here, it would just make things so much easier. But here's Jesus and he's with the disciples and he's there. And Jesus' view is actually, it is better for you that I go away. He said to disciples, it's the, actually, it's, it's, it's the best thing that I go. Because if I go, I will send the Holy Spirit. If I go, you will have the Holy Spirit in you. Not just me with you, but the Holy Spirit in you. Jesus is actually saying, it's, it's a better deal for you. And we're obviously going to keep looking at this, but let me just tell you in a nutshell why it's a better deal. As you look at the Bible and you, you look at all the Old Testament, you look at the, the Gospels up to the cross, you, you, you see that God is in specific places at specific times. So in the Old Testament, God talks to Moses, one guy, through a bush, God having a laugh. God speaks to Abraham. God speaks through the prophets like Ezekiel and Jeremiah and Hosea. God speaks through kings like David and Saul. And you'll see just individuals that God actually seems to just personally appear to a person or a small number of people. And as you come to the New Testament, you see Jesus. And what Jesus does is he travels around. And he's one guy. And he's traveling around and different people meet him. Some people miss Jesus because there was a car boot out on and, you know, it was awkward. It's Sunday. I want to chill out. They miss Jesus. Okay. Jesus is just one guy in one place. So before the Holy Spirit, before the, the cross, God had a personal relationship with a person. Normally. But what is so amazing now and what God promises for us now is that God will personally have a relationship with every person. And this is the, the truth about the Holy Spirit, that actually it's God in us. That you no longer have to go to a place where God is, speak to a person who has God somehow, but that you have access to God. That actually God wants to speak to you and be with you right where you are. This is the, the, the scandal of the cross, that the God of the universe wants to be with every single person. 
He offers himself like that. So this is why Jesus says, I mean, on the face of it, it seems crazy, but Jesus is actually saying, look, if I stay, if if I stay, I'm only ever going to be in one spot. But if I go, God will send the Holy Spirit. And that means that I can be with everyone in all these different places at different times. And I know if you're thinking about that for anything longer than a couple of seconds, it will mess your mind up. Because we don't get it because we're just, we're physically in one place. But God's not like us. God's different. So let's carry on. Let's ask the question, what, what truth then? If the Spirit is there to lead us into all truth, um, what truths? And I've kind of, from this passage, I've kind of pulled out three things. First thing, the first truth is, um, the Spirit leads us into a truth about who we are. What you and I are like. Now, I don't know about you, you might not want to admit this, but... It's hard to be genuine and real with people. Even in this place, even if you're, you come here every week, you probably only let people see a certain amount of who you are, right? We've all got these masks, we've all got this show, okay? And we allow the people in our lives different levels of access, okay? So the postman's access to you and who you are should be different from your wife's. If it's not, that's a whole other issue, different sermon okay but we have these ways of interacting people we only allow people to see a certain amount of us and we want people to have a good impression of us sometimes when we're out my wife and I and we're it's normally when we're shopping uh, and I've had enough and I begin to sort of not raise my voice but I get grumpy Zoe will come up to me she'll get very close to me she goes if people heard you they would think what a horrible man (laughs) like that because she doesn't, but I'm not, uh, maybe I'm a horrible man at times, but I'm just being genuine. This is where I'm at. But she's like, no, you don't let people see that. Have you ever been, if you're mar- married or if you're just a couple, blazing row, but you've got to go somewhere. And before you get to the door, you're cursing each other out. You're like, I wish you were never born. You're just being mean. You're like, them shoes are bad, girl. Trying to make her feel bad. And then you get to the door, oh, hey. Oh, how you doing? Oh, it's, oh we're, so, we're so looking forward to coming around. You had a good day? Oh, we had a, you've had a lovely day. We, we got masks, right? But part of what the Holy Spirit does is when we begin to interact with him, he begins to say, look, I know who you are. I know, I know what you're like. And the truth is, we have all fallen short. The Bible tells us that we have all fallen short of the glory of God, the standard. That each of us, like sheep, have gone astray and gone our own way. And I I know that's true. Even before I get to the Bible, I don't fall short of God's standard. I fall short of mine. Do you ever get to that? Sometimes you're not the person you want to be. You're not the husband you want to be. You're not the, the, the father you want to be. You're not the friend you want to be. You're not the employer you want to be couple of times in my life this gets pointed out in a major way uh, one time I used to be a delivery driver so I used to deliver around North London and I was delivering to the bank of Cyprus once and uh, I went to the doors these glass doors and I'd had a crummy day uh, I started about six o'clock and they loaded me up with massive parcels like all in the back and then all around the cabin I was like driving blind just loads of work and I was rushed and it was hot and I was just behind time and I got to the Bank of Cyprus and I buzzed up, hey, yeah, uh, business office supplies, whatever it was I was working for at the time, um, got delivery for it. And she said, okay, I'll buzz you up. So she, she does that, right? And uh, 
she, I hear a buzz, and I, 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 but the maglock thing, it's open, open a door, it doesn't quite work. And then I, I kind of, so I kind of buzz up again, she, she does it again. And then I realise there's, an, there's an, like an electrician working on a ladder with his head up in the ceiling sort of thing. So I began to kind of just like knock on the door, because I'm in a hurry, man. I've got a whole barrow full of like boxes, I've got places to be. And I, I'm knocking on the thing, and I'm like, let me in. And the guy's like, no, I'm not letting you in. And I'm like, they just buzzed me in, let me in. And I'm not letting you in. Let me in! And I began to um, use language I cannot replicate here. Um, and it wasn't, it was, uh, it wasn't tongues. Um, it was, it was uh, another dialect. And uh, so I got very, very angry and, very ag- and I felt my blood come up. So I begin to really go into this guy. This wasn't, you know, I wasn't not a Christian. This was about seven years ago, I've got to tell you. So I begin to, my blood is up. So eventually, I, 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 somehow I get in and I, I continue to give this guy evils. And to be sort of... Arr. But then, it was only as he got down from the ladder, but he actually got no smaller... Um, that I realised I'm in trouble <laughs> and I thought there's two ways to go for it you know, my daddy always told me just, just, just bluff and thunder son just go for it so I, I kept my composure up thinking he's going to rip my head off <laughs> he had a tool belt full of instruments designed for killing van drivers <laughs> um, but we got through it I, I delivered to the bank of Cyprus and, and I came back through and I'm back through the, the lobby and I'm like <laughs> I get to my van and I just stop and I just go like what am I doing where, where did that come from I just wasn't myself so I, I went back and knocked on the door and he probably thought oh here we go again <laughs> and I uh, opened the door and I said look man I'm really really sorry I've got to apologise I don't know what I was on I wasn't myself then and he said to me F off I'm sorry, he did. There's no, there's no happy ending here. <laughs> Do you know the trouble with moments when we explode? You, you ever had a moment, put your hand up, you've had a moment where you go, I'm just, I just wasn't myself then. Do you know the real trouble with those moments? You were yourself. Something didn't come upon you, something came out of you. That's who you are when your guards drop. When life squeezes you, when life requires something of you and you fail, that, it shows you who you are. And part of what happens as we begin to walk with God and, and God's Holy Spirit begins to show us and talk to us and give us the truth about who we are is we find out that we are broken, that we are sinful, that we fall short in many, many areas, in God's standards, but also by our own. Anyone who's ever tried a January diet would tell you that. Okay? We fall short. Fall short. So in those moments, it wasn't that you were less of who you were. It was actually that you were more uh, of who you were. And God's real with us. That's part of what I love. God is real with us. He tells us that I, I know who you are. And God's actually the safest place. You might think that's a scary thing that God would know all your secrets. But actually, it's the safest place because he knows who you are, but he stays. He knows who you are, but he continues to speak to us and want to spend time with us. Second thing. The Holy Spirit does. He begins to give us truth about who he is, who God is. Begins to lead us into truth about what God is like, what his character is like. You see, God is not like us. 
There is not brokenness in God. He doesn't fall short of your standard or his. That God actually, if you, if you read the Bible and you, you pull out all the verses about God, it says that he is like white hot goodness. That he is just like full of compassion and love. It doesn't mean he can't get an anger on, but his disposition where he leans into is to love and show kindness. And as we begin to walk with God and say, Holy Spirit, show me who God is, we begin to learn this stuff. The Holy Spirit is there to lead us into truth, not only about who we are, but who God is. I remember when I was a, when I was a younger Christian, I became a Christian when I was about 17. And uh, around 18, I, I'd, I'd been, I really went for it. I was really excited to meet God. It's a weird thing when you don't believe in God and he shows up. Very disturbing. Um, but I remember just praying one night. And I was a Christian by now, part of a youth group, part of a church. And I just remember praying one night, before, in my, sort of about 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock. God, sh- sh- just talk to me. Show me your heart. Show me, let me experience what, how you feel. And I began to just keep crying, uh, keep crying out to God and like, come on. And nothing happened. Don't you hate that? Nothing happened. I was like, nothing happened. So I got a bit upset about that. And I carried on doing something else and I'm in my room. And all of a sudden I just began to feel this sadness. This overwhelming kind of sadness over me. And I began to cry. And if you've ever seen a man cry, it's ugly. Men are not gifted in the crying. <laughs> women can still look beautiful crying. Sometimes, you know, women cry and you go, oh, it's a beautiful thing. Man cry, oh my gosh. <laughs> Someone get a bag. And, and, and when we cry, you know, we're, we're fully committed though. We're snot, we're everything. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So I began to cry, and I'm thinking, what's going on? I'm going, am I going insane? So, and I just, I just couldn't stop crying, so I ran out of my house and, and ran to my youth worker's house, and a couple there, and I said, look, I just, what's going on? I think I'm going mad. I'm just, I can't stop crying. And they said, well, okay, back up. What's happened? I said, well, I was in my room, and I was saying, God, show me your heart. Share with me something of who you are. And then I just started crying and feeling overwhelmed. And they just said... Rick, you are stupid. (laughs) God has answered your prayer, you dimwit. And he shared with you something of who he is. That actually in that moment, God was sharing with me the fact that his heart is a little bit torn for people. That God is not just some disconnected, happy, clappy guy who doesn't realise there's pain in the world and that people are struggling. But actually, he feels deeply for people. He has great compassion. And God was sharing that with me, dumping it on me, actually. And it wasn't a comfortable experience. But as we begin to lean into the spirit and say, God, show me, reveal yourself to me. We'll have moments like that. We'll have moments of great joy. We'll have moments where we just get a sense of God fathering us. A sense of God is just with me. There was one time when I was, I was struggling with money and um, my, my father had offered to lend me some money. And, and Zoe, my wife's father had offered to lend us some money and I was worrying about it and praying about it and God just said to me you have another father you have another father and I was like oh cool I'll borrow some more <laughs> um, you know part of what God wants to do is show us who he is third thing because I don't want to get lost on time here he tells us the truth 
about what he has done for us. Now here is where the first two truths collide with the third. The first two collide with the third. You see, when you look at ourselves, you and I, that we were made in the image of God, but we're slightly broken, slightly distorted. And then you look at the fact that God is white hot goodness and mercy and a father. When those two meet, we find that God comes to rescue us. And part of the truth that the Spirit wants to reveal to us is just how much God has moved so that we could know him. That yeah, maybe the truth about us is that we're broken and we've fallen short. But actually in Jesus, part of the truth about us now is that you are a saved child of God. That actually, that God loves you and has pursued you or is still pursuing you. And he wants to tell us about that, how it works. About the cross, about the fact that he longs to know us, longs to meet with us. He begins to tell us who we are now because of what he has done for us. Jesus said that the Holy Spirit would come and he would remind us of everything he's taught. Everything he had done. And Jesus taught that he had come to give us life. Jesus taught that he had come to um, find what was lost. To redeem that which had gone astray. So part of what the Holy Spirit does for us, yeah, it talks about who we are, tells us about who God is, but it tells us about the fact that God longs to meet with us and tells us what he has done in order to do that. So these are three areas here, three areas where God does it. So how does he do it? Fair enough, you might accept, okay, God wants to do those things, those things are true, but how? How do you go home after today and begin to find out who you are, who he is, and what he's done for you. A couple of ways, and these, these are massive, there's, you know, these are full of stuff. But before we get there, let me, let me just um, read from that verse. It says this, in verse 12. Jesus it says this. There is so much more I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. So here's Jesus saying to disciples, there's so much I would love to tell you. There's so much you do not know about yourselves, about life, about God. But but if I was to just spit it out on you now, if I was just to let rip on you now everything, you'd be overwhelmed. In fact, you couldn't bear it. So Jesus says, what's actually better is if I go, I will send the spirit. And what that means is over your life. In your relationships, in your families, in worship and in prayer and in all the different things we do, God can slowly begin to tell us, reveal to us all the stuff he wants to say. So actually we're in a better position than disciples were in that moment because Jesus looks at me and says, look, if I was to tell you everything, you wouldn't be able to bear it. You wouldn't be able to stand up under it. But now you and I, we can bear it now. We can stand under it now because the Holy Spirit wants to be with us and he will travel with us through life. That's why we don't visit some shrine somewhere. That's why God isn't in a place. He's with us 24-7 because it takes that long, 24-7, our whole lives to begin to unwrap who we are, who he is, what he's done for us and what he wants to do for us. So a couple of things 
of uh, how we are led into this truth. First thing, and this is important, um, is scripture. It's uh, the Bible, the, the words, the stories, songs, poems, history, prayers in this book. That actually, probably the, the foremost way that God forms us by his spirit and begins to tell us about who we are and all that stuff is, is through this, this book. This book will feed you. This will feed your soul. I remember struggling in my life at a point in time and talking to a friend of mine, a great guy called Sashi, and uh, he, he said to me, um, what's wrong with you? <laughs> I said, well, I just, I just feel like I'm cold with God, you know. I just feel like God hasn't spoken to me in a long time and I just feel like um, I, just, I don't know where I'm going, who I am and what it's about. And he said to me, are you reading your Bible? I said, No. He said, read your Bible. And I thought, cool, you're a bit stroppy. <laughs> he said, read your Bible. Because it will feed you. It's food. And what's happening to you at the moment, Rick, is you are malnourished. And that's why you're like, oh, you've got rumbly tummy spiritually. So I would just recommend and commend and encourage you to labor in this, this book. Read it. Study it. Talk about it with other people. If you're part of this church and you're not yet in a, in a, in a life group, a group that meets other than Sundays at some point, try and get into one. If that's too much for you, try and get together with some other people who just are just hungry and, and get together and just commit to study this book and find out who you are and who he is and what he wants from you. About nine months of the, the best nine months of my life were spent probably, or so far, um, with two friends and we just committed to just eat this book just to devour it and that nine months has been feeding my walk with God ever since and we're supposed to have that so the one way that God really reveals his truth is in this book and I tell you why because it's a fixed point it's a fixed point I'm not a sailor as you might have guessed and I can't tie knots and, uh, but I imagine in the old days that how they navigate was by a fixed point. So you choose a star, right? Or if you're traveling on land, you choose a mountain range and you know because that's a fixed point. It doesn't move. I can navigate towards that. I might have to shuffle a bit on the way depending on what comes at me, but that's my fixed point. And the thing about this book when it comes to truth is this book is a, is a fixed point. It's not affected by your emotions, by how good a day you've had at work and, and all that. Your mood doesn't change the words written on these pages. They are fixed. And it just means that we can navigate. When we're all at sea and we're all being thrown about, we can navigate to truth through this book because it's fixed. It doesn't change. But at the same time, it's a weird thing, this, this book. Because although it's a fixed point, it doesn't change. Sometimes you read it and you're like, someone just put that verse in there. You ever had that? You're reading the Bible and you've read the book a million times and you're like, that's new. That's new. Because what happens is, although it's a fixed point, God sometimes puts his finger on something and puts his finger on you and says, talk. Because we're told that the spirit is like breath. And in in a book called Timothy, we're told that the the, the scriptures, that these scriptures are God-breathed. 
And it literally means that God exhales and the truth lands in here. That actually these are part, these are product out of God. Now obviously there's gonna, you're going to struggle maybe if you struggle reading and stuff and understand that. But you can, get, you can get the Bible on CD, you can get it on MP3, you can do a million different things. But this book is so important in, in, in digging into truth about who you are, what God wants, what he's done. So I'd encourage you, study it, read it, get hungry, get angry. Just commit to just, I'm going to live in a gospel for a year or something. And just keep reading it. Just keep reading it and reading it. Let it sink in. And ask God, speak to me, Holy Spirit. You said you'd lead me into truth. Speak to me. So first thing, scripture. Uh, second thing, and this is going to take some explaining, is uh, inside and out. And uh, originally I said that God speaks to us internally. That's how he begins to, uh, But that doesn't quite cover it. You might often hear Christians talk about, oh, God spoke to me. And I don't know about you, sometimes we, you kind of go, oh, yeah, okay. But then you sort of think, how? H- how does that work? And I think we're often flippant with God spoke to me, God told me this, God told me that. But we all struggle with it to some degree. But let me tell you where I'm at on explaining how God speaks to us internally or, or inside. Is, is, anyone ever heard of a thing called your Noah? <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a preacher thing. I know it in my Noah. I don't know how, but I know it in my Noah. And it's a sense of God speaking to you and there's certainty that it's him. And part of it is it comes with a, a tone. If you ever, um, I know we email and we text now and we twit and twit, tweet, I don't know, whatever. We do that thing with the, and uh, we're in and out now without the way we speak to one another. But in, in the old school days of having actually received letters, instantly, how many people have never had a letter? Anyone? That's good, old school. So in the old days when you get a letter, I don't know about you, as I read a letter, as I sit down to read the letter, I'm not just reading the words and that's it, but actually it's kind of a, you get an impression of the person who has written it, right? You get a sense of who they are and you can, you you ever, it's weird, you, you read a letter in the voice of the person who's written it. What is that about? What is that about? And if you ever see a film of a book and then you read the book you can only picture that character as a person from the film can't you what's that about but when it comes to God speaking to us it's this voice but actually it carries with it something else it's this character this essence of, of who God is and you, 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 as you walk as a Christian you learn more and more how to recognise oh this is God speaking now I recognise this voice so God begins to speak truth to us internally by actually speaking to us. Some people have heard audible voices in that actually God speaks and not just they hear it, but people around it go, I haven't had that. Sounds pretty cool. I'm up for it. But God speaks to us internally by his spirit. Gives us little nudges. Sometimes makes us feel certain things. Makes us aware of certain things. Sometimes you'll be out and your eye will just catch someone or something. God once spoke to me through a duck or ducklings I was over a park well, in my favourite kind of lakes and really struggling with something all my stories about me struggling with something or trying to get into a fight this is not good um, struggling uh, and, and God began to speak to me through these little ducklings that were trying to follow the big mama duck but they kept trying to jump up and they kept falling back in the water and first I found it funny because come on that's funny right 
But then after a while, I just thought, oh, that's me, man. I'm trying to follow God, but I'm falling and I'm falling and I'm falling. And he just, he just I kept watching. And then finally the ducklings made it. And God was like, just keep, keep going. Keep going. Sometimes God speaks to us, reveals truth to us. Not necessarily through this book. Not necessarily by us hearing some celestial voice. But through circumstances around us. The, the inside happens, but also the outside. Different things that happen to you and you, you suddenly tune into God. You might have had dreams. I, I've had maybe two dreams in my life that I felt had God's fingerprints all over them. And that's a weird thing. You wake up, the dream stays with you and it's real. Because God wants to speak to us. So I just want to end just by... And if I could have the band back up, actually. I just want to end by letting you know, wherever you're at, God wants to speak to you. God wants to reveal truth to you. God ain't hiding from us. Sometimes I talk to people who follow Jesus or or people who want to, and it's like, what do I do to hear? Like God is like in a maze and he's running from us. He's not. He's running to us. Often we're in a maze. Often we're a bit dizzy and lost but God isn't God wants to speak to us and I want to say to you today wherever you're at if you just begin to cry out to God just begin to say God would you speak to me I don't understand everything but will you speak to me he will come and he'll begin to talk to you about who you are and that some of that might not be that comfortable he'll begin to talk to you about who he is and that's fantastic and he will begin to talk to you about what he's done for you Whether you're a follower of Jesus or whether you're not, God longs to speak to us, to reveal truth to us. And he does it by his spirit. Would you guys mind standing up? Let me just pray and then we'll worship. Father, I thank you that you love us. And Lord, we just ask, we we plead, Lord, we just cry out, Lord, would you reveal what's true to us, what's real, Lord? Would you help us to live in things that are genuine, things that work, Lord? Would you lead us into health, Lord God, with you? Come, Holy Spirit. Amen.